21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. I'm Drew Spaventa. I'm the CEO of the Spaventa Group, the financial firm that bears my name. Uh, I have quite the story to tell everybody, gone from nothing to quite successful, and we've been pretty innovative. And as you can clearly see how I'm dressed, I did stay true to myself the entire time. So whenever uh, we're ready, um, I'm ready to dig in. Yeah, it means just staying true to yourself and not becoming somebody else that you know, everybody else wants you to be, uh, especially in finance, you know, you're dealing with so many different personalities from the people that work with you, uh, or should I say for you, for your organization, from your network, your partners, your clients, it's kind of hard to stay true to who you are. And, uh, you know, it took me some time to realize that I'm in my late thirties, but, uh, you know, I was joking around, you know, my, my style is I wear crazy blazers, some hats sometimes, but I got tattoos on my neck. I got sleeves on my arm, not something that you really see. Um, at least maybe 10, 20 years ago in finance. Now it's becoming more popular, but uh, I've never taken the approach of not being who I am. You know, my, my whole approach is, uh, you know, here, here I am, tattoos and all. I'm very, very transparent about my story where I don't come from the typical background of an Ivy League school or anything like that. I grew up without a father around, single parent. Um, it's a story I like to tell a lot because it all goes to shoe, especially in America. America is the home of opportunity for individuals. So uh, that's what I mean by being authentic, not just pretending to be something else to, you know, should I say close the deal or anything like that. You know, again, this is who I am. If you like it, great. Uh, if you don't, you know, take it easy. I'll see you on the flip side. You know, like I said, I've had a, a very unique upbringing. And what I like to tell a lot of people is what I call it about is Americanized poor, you know, because as far as I'm concerned, and I'm sure your listeners, Martin, would agree that there's countries in this planet that they know what true poverty, they know what true being poor is, you know what I mean? Worrying about where they're going to eat, so on and so forth. So I always call, I always throw Americanized in front of it because don't get me wrong, even though there's poverty stricken areas in our country that you wouldn't even believe for, you know, first world nation, uh, you throw Americanized in front of it for the most part, every, it is the, the land of the opportunity, you know, and, and there's plenty of assistance provided to a lot of people. So I always make it clear that I'm not saying I grew up poor. I grew up Americanized poor. So what does that actually mean compared to the people that grew up with a nuclear family, you know, mother, father, possibly siblings. I grew up with a single parent. My dad wasn't around. We moved probably nine times between the age of five and 13. Between those times of moving, slept in a car. I was in homeless shelter with battered women for my mom. Uh, and you got to see different things. And, you know, uh, I'm a big proponent of mindset and attitude in life. And that's really what dictates your success, not just financially, but friends, family, and just the overall well-being of, and quality of life that you live. And I started realizing that at that age, when you're exposed to type, type of things, excuse me, especially at a young age kind of affects you when you're growing older, right? You're not used to making money and everything like that. And even once in a while, even though my attitude and my my mindset and my approach to life is 99.99% on point, once in a blue, purple, and yellow moon, it's that 0.1% bottled up from things that happen when you were a kid and the mindset and attitude that you had when you were a kid kind of feels like it's trickling up and I just got to shove that back down, right? Right.
So that's originally how I grew up. And because of that, I was always obsessed with, you know, wealth and money. What makes people financially successful when you're, you need the assistance of the government in order to buy things and put food on the table and you're just used to eating bread, even getting to the point that sometimes I had to eat out of the garbage, you know, just to, just to survive. So as time went on, uh, I was always obsessed with uh, wealth and money and in a capitalist country, what's the best way to attain it? Uh, the best way is to either get a high paying job or get into business. So I really started getting obsessed with business. So as I led into my twenties, I combined my passion at the time with starting a business and that was music. And I started out as a DJ. I launched, I started working for a, a few DJ companies ad hoc, eventually launched my own DJ company in Long Island, New York, service the Long Island area, New York City area, New Jersey area, Connecticut, so on and so forth, the, pretty much the, the nice Northeast or the entire Northeast. And then from there, it was the classic story of my break into finance. One of my customers had the really nice house, the really nice cars, and I asked him what he did. And what was the answer? I'm a stockbroker. So I figured out I could marry my affinity for business with a profession that could actually get me there, especially when I didn't have a network. You know, I didn't know anybody that was affluent, you know, especially coming from my background. All I did was DJ, make money, and it was decent money for, you know, somebody in their 20s. But obviously, I wanted something that I could do for the rest of my life. And I knew it was business. So I became a stockbroker. Uh, that individual who I thought was my mentor, things wound up not working out too well, but it was a, definitely a bit large learning experience. And mind you, this was maybe about 13 years ago. From there, I started building my career, my book of business, started learning the financial markets inside and out, um, went a part of their training program. I took it a step further. I started self-teaching myself a lot of things such as reading 10Ks, 10Qs, and in the United States, those are either quarterly reports that public companies have to send out or uh, annual reports that have to the company has to send out that just kind of breaks down their financials and their business performance as a whole. And I really started making flashcards of the different terminology, the different industries to really, really make it soak in so I could have a thorough, thorough understanding of not just stock trading itself, but the businesses behind these companies, aka these stocks. there, I finally launched my own firm uh, about six years ago, seven years ago. I don't know. I guess I'm at the age now in my 30s that seven, eight years bleeds into 10, which bleeds into 15, which is not cool, man. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of that, but I guess I'm that's where I am now. So I, I launched my first fir uh, firm and we were focusing on this budding industry of venture capital backed companies that were selling secondary shares, uh, had a business partner. That was another learning lesson for me that you always want to surround yourself by like-minded people. You don't want negative people. And I kind of got conflicted where if you have somebody that's a good person that you feel that you could put some work into, hopefully you could get them going and get some drive and ambition into them. And that was not my business partner at the time. He had a few connections, didn't come through. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to sever this partnership. And now I'm going to start the company that bears my name, thus Paventa Group, you know, bearing my name, obviously. And then the whole reason for naming the company after me obviously everybody would think it has a lot to do with ego and and it really doesn't or maybe it does i don't know what the correct answer is but there's really two reasons why the first reason why is not that i'm not but it always holds me accountable that every time one of our advisors or 
uh, members our investment partnerships or insurance agents because we do have multiple lines of business whenever they're speaking to one of our clients one of our partners it's always my name attached to it you know who do you work for obviously the acronym for my company is tsg it's just a lot easier to say than the uh italian american name the spaventa group but tsg is a part of everything so whenever somebody's speaking to somebody representing my firm they're representing me to a greater extent so if somebody says something off or somebody has an attitude or this goes the wrong way or that goes the wrong way it's always a blemish not on my that person but to the greater extent my company and as such myself so i named the company on myself so i could always hold myself accountable and make sure that we always have the best foot forward and i could ensure that the name is always meticulous or at least as close as it can be because it's ne it's never perfect right the second reason was i wanted to build that culture and what's that culture it's a financial firm where I only want the best of the best. I want people that are ambitious. I want people that are motivated, that have integrity, that aren't grimy. And I use my upbringing as a part of that. And the part that I didn't mention was how does somebody like myself that grows up with a single parent on welfare without a father around doesn't really have the proper guidance. How does somebody like that? Because inevitably, that's people that grow up like that, you become a statistic. You're either gonna wind up in jail or you're gonna be a drug addict or something like that. So how does somebody that grows up without that proper guidance, without that proper mental programming, get out of that rut and start seeing the greater picture? And I just created those, uh, you know, I guess father figures for a lack of a better word. And I just in focused on the, the past successful people, the the Andrew Carnegies, Dale Carnegies, Napoleon Hills, anybody that had any semblance of success where I could just read a book, I could have quotes, whatever it is, and start soaking in any knowledge or any tidbits of information. Um, as I got older, I started reading a lot of philosophy. You know, I got pictures behind me of Marcus Aurelius. I'm a big proponent of stoicism. It helped me a lot. So I figured that I took these proactive uh, measurements to ensure that Although it wasn't perfect and I didn't have the correct programming, eventually, hopefully these people that I never met that have since been deceased, at least if I just focus on this and by repetition, I let that soak in. Hopefully one day I could let this type of programming, the positive programming overtake me compared to the way I grew up. And it took me to almost uh, you know 30 years old to, to realize that because I went from having you know negative, negative emotions, feeling sorry for myself as a teenager to being very angry in my 20s and I finally got to a point where I did a lot of work to really unpro re or should I say reprogram my mind and shift my attitude and again you know life is not perfect you're going to hit road bumps and all that stuff but the reason why I'm so passionate about culture and being authentic, you know, like I said to, at the intro of the show, is you're going to have, you know, ignorant people that are going to judge you by the way you look, no matter what, and ignorant people that are just going to make their assumptions. But the majority of human beings are pretty smart individuals. You know, there is a feeling. So if you act a certain way or people see that you have the good attitude, you have a good mindset, that definitely reverberates. And for a lot of listeners to your show, and I know you have a lot of entrepreneurs there, I've got to believe that if I was a betting man, I would say literally 100% of your viewers would have to agree with me that 
once you focus on your mindset and your attitude and you're a pleasure to work with and you're somebody that could get the job done your network starts to expand and you start being exposed to opportunities that you would have never dreamed of and again you know as, as redundant as it is it's been a long hard road but and it's going to continue to do so whether you're 30 years old or 80 years old and you're going to continuously learn but again that's the biggest thing that I've, I've said and if anybody's seen like me talking on other podcasts or anything i always to the point that it gets boring that i always talk about mindset attitude because again being repetitious uh, repetitious if, if that's even a word um i don't know if i made that up but you know we're going to go with it repetitious uh repetitive there you go repetitive it really goes to show you that that attitude is really what attracts the type of opportunities that you want in life. And that's why I'm a big proponent of it. So I know that was a long-winded answer of where I've been, where I am, where I want to be. But uh, I always like to, to reiterate it because I think it's highly important, especially to anybody that hits roadblocks or anything like that. Again, there's a ton of people that have a, had a lot worse than me. Haven't had it easy, but statistically of people that don't have it easy there they, it doesn't work out well for them so it, it's a shame but that's why i'm a big again a big heavy believer that the guidance that are offered to kids is extremely extremely important in the development for the rest of their life and the attitude that they have for the rest of their life the road of life you could be given you know a silver spoon but and i'm not even just talking about financials or whatever it is you know financials family just you know you always have the most luck in the world but the bottom line is in this you know this life you're going to be thrown out there's externalities that are going to be throwing you a curveball your entire life you might not know how to deal with them it might be a lot for you to bear so ultimately, knowing that there's are externalities out there that could be thrown your way that you literally have no control of, the best thing for you to do, to do is to realize the only thing in this life that you always have control of is your approach to things, your attitude, the way you think about things. And if you could hold that, that's why, again, you know, I said uh, uh, stoicism is a, I'm a big proponent of stoicism, and it's helped me a lot to, to be actually logical and analytical in my decisions, which definitely helps you in business because we're all emotional human beings. So if you could put emotion at bay and not overreact with certain things, not only does it help you in life, but especially in business as well. Hence why I like to make big, big decisions. I typically sit on it for at least a day, I would assume. Um, sometimes I feel myself getting heated over something that somebody did. Instead of picking up the phone and calling them or sending an email, I always wait, uh, think about it logically. So Again, I'm not sure that you could want to consider that social skills, uh, but it's definitely personal development. But again, it's your attitude, your approach, your mindset, and the fact that you could always control what's going on in your mind and your emotions, no matter what happens. And if you know how to control that and you have your confidence in yourself to overcome any obstacles, uh, you're going you're gonna to achieve. And that's a done too, because I've been, even on business, I've been facing both obstacles where it's like, holy God, like, how am I going to deal over that? And then you do. 
you know, you figure it out in your own way. I'm not going to lie and say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a robot and things don't bother me. There's plenty of times that things bother me. I think about stuff with my business every day. Sometimes I lose sleep over it. But the key is it's okay to think about it. If it's worrying you and disrupting your life and putting you in a negative front mindset, that's completely different. So, so I'm still human. I'll think about certain things. You know, I think about the people that rely on the success of my firm to provide for their families. But it's when you think about it all day long in a negative light that it really starts eating you. It's fine for it to pop up. If anything, it's natural. I think that's what a good leader does. It shows that you actually care about the people that you work for you, that work for you. You care about your clients, your customers for some other uh, of your, your, your viewers. But again, those obstacles that you think are a pain when you're dealing with them and might, you know, might not be the best thing for you right now in your mind at this very moment, those obstacles, once you overcome them, it actually is a boon to your confidence as well, because the more you overcome obstacles thrown your way, the more experience you have dealing with all the externalities that life throws at you, uh, the more confidence you're going to be. And that's what people, you know, buy into. When I say that, I don't mean that, you know, uh, as like a snake oil salesman, when I say people buy into it, no, they believe in you. And that's a good thing. So obstacles that come your way, you know, they're, 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 again, they're uh, devil in disguise, I guess, because at the moment it's, it's hard to, to deal with them. But once you overcome those obstacles, again, it's a major contributor to your personal development. And I think that's a uh, crucial for any entrepreneur out there, especially when you're managing multiple businesses, even whether it's one business or 10, there's so many externalities that are out of your control that are going to be thrown your way. So if you could be resourceful, believe in yourself no matter what, and against all odds, control your attitude, your approach, your your emotions about what you're dealing with, again, especially since you're an entrepreneur, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that you'll have that type of success and you'll be able to achieve over and over and over, even though there's failures inevitable in the grand scheme of things, you know, to use an analogy, you're bound to lose battles, but the war that we call life, I, I heavily believe that you'll come out on top. As an entrepreneur, if we know the road gets, you know, tough and you're facing obstacles, how are you going to overcome them if you don't have a purpose? You need to get a reason to get out of the bed. You know, if you have, so for instance, you know, whatever reasons, and even taking it aside from business, but whatever reasons of whatever you're doing in your life, okay, let's just say you want to uh, go after a specific endeavor and you want to do it for your kids. Well, then I guess that's your purpose. So if you're doing something, starting a business, whatever it is, and you're saying it in your mind, you're doing it for your kids, you know, whether you're a woman or a man and your husband, wife, whatever it is, you got two, three kids, whatever it is. If you quit after two weeks, if you quit after two months, if you quit after six months, like how strong of it a purpose is like if you if you start a business and you wake up every day and you have a picture of your family on your dresser or whatever it is, you know, picture of them, you know, taped to the mirror or on like the side of the mirror and you can't stare in the eyes of your children, your family members and use that power that purpose to overcome any obstacle your way i guess your purpose wasn't you know strong enough that's why I, I i tell everybody and you ask me like one one thing specifically about me is a persistence dedication if i could wrap myself up in a bow and just say describe the major personality trait characteristic that drives you every day it has to be purpose because 
from everything from my kid to now and business partners and this, that, and trust me, I even have stuff going on now. It's always going to pile on. If you don't have a reason to get out of bed every, every day to focus on that vision. And again, to have that purpose, how can you ever face the obstacles when the going gets tough and it gets really, really tough? That's the only way you're going to overcome it. Unless you have the help of other people and you don't really have to step to the plate. But again, as an entrepreneur, uh, running businesses, you also want to be a leader to the individuals that work for your organization. So it, it really is, you know, it's one of those things that it's such nuance that there's so many different areas that really make it up. And again, I'm continuously learning. I'll be learning when I'm nine years old. But if I have to choose one thing, I think purpose single-handedly is the most important thing. And it's all-encompassing. If you have purpose, you'll have the dedication. You'll have the persistence. You'll have the resourcefulness. Uh, you'll have the aggressiveness. You'll have all those personality traits encompassed into one vision that really dictates your overall being and your approach to life. I think purpose is the best answer. So our company, uh, you know, the Spaventa Group, which I'm the CEO and founder of tsginvest.com, we have multiple lines of business. Uh, we've built our reputation off of our various suite of investment funds, which were focused exclusively on venture capital secondaries. So we built some nice relationships uh, in the industry. Uh, we have a very robust network over the last few years, dating back to my previous uh, organization with my ex-business partner. And we've leveraged that with this with my company, the Spaventa Group. So we go out there, whether it's direct or through SPVs, we buy shares of private companies, all VC-backed. Uh, most of them are unicorns, which means they're worth over a billion dollars. We package those into funds, and then we offer those investment opportunities to other individuals. Now, mind you, in the States, you have to be a credited investor, uh, which means that you have to make $200,000 a year or more, uh, be worth a million dollars. And mind you, it's all risky stuff. You know, you're investing in, you know, companies that have been around for maybe five, 10 years that have yet to go public. So there's never a guarantee. And I will never say that, but, but that's our main business. But since then we've launched because we built a nice client base and we started building those relationships. We've had clients ask us, well, do you have other assets that you could offer within asset management? What about financial planning? Can you look at our portfolio? So encompassing the greater uh, lines of business within my organization, TSG for short, we have our fund division, or should I say our asset management division that focuses on the alternative investments, the VC secondaries, so on, so on and so forth. We have a financial planning arm, which is a registered investment advisor. That's where we offer investment constru uh, portfolio construction, uh, wealth management, investment planning, so on and so forth. And then we also have an insurance agency component for clients interested in any type of uh, insurance plan, uh, life insurance, annuities, so on and so forth. Uh, so those were the real lines of business that encompass our company. And, uh, you know, it's pretty unique. You know, there's really right now at this stage, you have a lot of financial firms that are just focused on financial planning, don't, don't really have exposure to alternative investments. Or you have firms that focus on alternative investments without any regard whatsoever to financial planning. So we're kind of that in that weird space where we do everything, right? So we're kind of combining the old generation of just traditional financial plan with the new generation of alternative investments and really aspire to be innovative and unique. And we have been so far, uh, 
and we have a lot of things down the road especially this year that's really going to further isolate ourselves and continue to grow our brand you know like i said i have the luxury of being in the Ford's Finance Council. We're associate partners of the New York City Football Club, which is a major league soccer team here in the States. So we also got an offer for another sports team, which I'm not going to say right now, but um, I think we'll be able to, to nail it down within the next few months, which is going to be really exciting for us. But yeah, we're on to some, uh, some great things for a company that's been around for a few years. You know, I have to add that when I was discussing my past, you know, I always like to reaffirm to everybody, it's not, you know, feeling sorry or complaining or anything like that. Trust me when I tell you, I also mentioned that in my teens, I did feel sorry for myself. And then in my 20s, I went angry. I became a very angry individual because it was always, why can I grow up with the nuclear family? Why can I have access to this opportunity? You know, I know I'm a hard worker. I have my head on straight. If only I had the opportunities, if only, if only, if only, if only. Then again, I changed my attitude as I approached my late 20s and everything changed for me. So in hindsight, I kind of am, when I, whereas I thought I was always the unlucky one, I think I'm like one of the luckiest people alive because I think that if you could have that kind of story and go through those trials and the tribulations, it's going to shape you. Who, if you don't you know, fold into it uh, and become a statistic, unfortunately, it's going to shape who you are. And because it shapes who you are, I have a different set of experiences. I have a different perspective on life. And I really do think it, it kind of makes you a, a, a more unique human being. And it makes you wiser. And especially something like myself, who I'm always constantly checking myself. I look to look at life as extremely, as logically, analytically as possible. Again, big proponent of stoicism. So I always leave to keep my emotions in check. But that also being said, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, as my, my, my lovely fiance says, you know, I'm batshit crazy. I'm out of my mind, but in a good way, you know, I'm a good guy. I'm just, you know, out of my gourd. She always tells me waking up to me every day. It's like Christmas. She never knows what kind of personality I'm get. I'm going to get, but in a good way. So I like to take that personality where I've never sacrificed who I am, how I am, what I do, what my approach, my integrity, how I look or anything like that. And I like to reaffirm that into my organization uh, easier said than done, but we do have a lot of people that at least mirror uh, a lot of my values. And at least I know that when you do business with my organization, you're kind of getting me to a greater extent. So so that's the best way I could say it. So again, you know, TSGinvest.com, uh, the Group, that's my company. And uh, you haven't seen the last of us because we're uh, our brand is growing, and and over the next you know few years, I'm I'm pretty sure that our brand will be very very well um, in daily life. So, 21st century entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective and embark 
on the path to success.